so we're so glad she's here. Can y'all give her a warm Horizon Church welcome for me? Thank you, thank you. We're so excited that she's here. All right, well, thank you, Erica, for the warm welcome, and thank you all. Um, so I'm excited today because I get to kick off this series and talk about singleness, um, which is so exciting. Where are my single friends at in the room, right? All right, single friends, we need to stick together. Um, married friends, if you have a partner for us, let us know, because I'm sure we're waiting. Um, <laughs> uh, but I really felt called to give this message because I think as a single person in this waiting season, while I'm looking for a relationship and ultimately pursuing marriage, um, it can be so hard to be in this season and can feel so lonely um, and can also even sometimes feel like God is choosing like marriage, like the marriage people are the chosen ones and the ones that are blessed and that um, God isn't really like fully here for us and is waiting for us to get to that stage. Um, and so I just want to encourage all of you single friends, if you are feeling that way, um, being in this season is truly beautiful, and it truly allows us to build this relationship with God. Um, I know that um, for me, like, it's nice to not have to constantly worry about someone else, right? Like, I truly get to focus on God and myself and how that relationship is looking before I pursue a relationship with another human. And so while we're looking at that, I want to ask you all, single or not, um, who here struggles with trusting in God, right? My hand could have shot up like a million times faster because Lord knows that I am not good at trusting in God and he has made it increasingly obvious to me that I need to give over control in my life. Um, and so that may manifest itself in uh, many different ways, right? So maybe that's well, God, if I could just work really hard at my job and get the next promotion, then I'll have the salary and the title that I'm looking for, and then I'll feel fulfilled in my life and be good. Or maybe, God, if I can just lose 10 pounds and go to the gym every day, then I'll look the way that I want to look, the way that society wants me to look, and I will feel healthy and joyful and praised um, in this world. Or maybe in your season of singleness, like me, it's, well, if I can get just one more ounce of attention from someone, if I can have just one more conversation with someone who I know isn't my husband but will give me the attention that I want in this time, maybe I can hang on for one more day um, in this season of singleness and feel fulfilled. It's, and it's almost like we are digging for buried treasure, right? We think we can just work and work and work until we get to that treasure at the bottom of the hole where we find joy, fulfillment, glory, like all of these things. But there's two things wrong with that, right? One, God tells us time and time again that this isn't a works-based faith, right? He tells us um, that it's not by grace that we are saved, but through faith and not by our own works, right? And so that's the first problem. We're not looking at what God can do for us, that God brings us the glory, that God brings us the faith, but rather that we can fulfill ourselves. And second, it places priority in these things of, these, of the world rather than placing priority in our God and letting him uh, bring the fulfillment. So we know that we need to find fulfillment from God, right? But the next question, for me at least, is where do I find that fulfillment? Um, and I think the common advice that I always get is, well, love yourself first, right? Well, you have to love yourself first before you can get into a relationship. 
People aren't going to want to love you if you don't even know how to love yourself first, right? Well, as Christians, we say, no, 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 right? We say, why would we love ourselves first when we have a creator in heaven who loved us and knew us before we could even walk on this earth and who can love us first, right? So it's not love yourself first. It's let God love you first and love him right back. And when we seek that fulfillment from God, we realize that it's all that we need. And I have an example of this. So some may know that a couple months ago I did a challenge called 75 Hard. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Before you come for me for it, I didn't do the workouts. It was much more of like a spiritual discipline. Um, And I really fasted a lot of things that were not filling me up and let God fill those things. So for example, I prayed every single night. I cut out drinking. Um, and I, like, stop eating dairy because it just, like, doesn't work right. I'm pretty sure I have a whey allergy, and so I knew I needed to do something that was going to be better for my body that my body would accept. Um, And so in those 75 days, I increasingly felt closer to God, but on that 76th day, I was so, so excited to get back into all of these things that I was like craving throughout those 75 days, right? All I wanted to do was to eat cheese and chocolate, right? Or all I wanted to do was get to 11 o'clock at night, feel exhausted and say, it's fine, I don't need to pray for tonight, right? Like, like it's it's fine. Um, Or all I wanted to do was enjoy like drinking with my friends um, and, you know, getting drunk. So, On the 76th day, I did all of those things. I did all the things that I had been fasting for those 75 days. I had so much dairy, you guys, like so much cheese. Um, (laughs) I like had some, like I like went out with my friends. I forgot to pray, like literally didn't do any of the things that I had been doing in those 75 days. And I realized on the 77th day, the day after that, that I felt the farthest that I had been from God in those entire 75 days that I was with him. And I realized that God really had been sustaining me and fulfilling me in that journey, in all of those areas of my life, in spiritual, mental, physical, like all of these areas of my life, and that he really was capable of truly just fulfilling me where I needed to be fulfilled. And so then we ask, well, how do we seek that fulfillment? Right, so for me it's hard because I know God isn't a tangible person, right? Like I can't just tap him on the shoulder and like say like, God, can you give me a hug? Or like, God, I need an answer right now. Like, can you tell me? Like, obviously God speaks to us, but it's not on our timeline, it's on his timeline. And so it can be frustrating because we have these lies fill our head at the same time. That's like, well, maybe he's not really here. Or my problems aren't big enough for him to handle. Like God is worried about wars and poverty and all these things like my loneliness tonight is not nearly as important as everything else that he's dealing with in the world or I don't really know if he would care about me over like all of the other people in the world right and so we turn to scripture to the bible to see how God really does feel about fulfilling us and so I ask you all to please turn to 1 Corinthians 13 4 which tells us exactly how God loves us. And I know some of you may have heard this passage before. To give you a little background, it is commonly used in weddings, and it often is used to describe how we should love each other on this earth. But the original Greek is actually agape, which means divine love. And so 
today, let's read this as the way that God loves us um, and the way that we can love God too. I mean, it's a two-way street, right? And so let's read together. So we see, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so let's break that down together. So love is patient, love is kind. And this, really, when we look at it, is just so true in our everyday lives, right? We see that God is patient with us and kind with us, and we never have to worry about being unforgiven. We know that even when we stray far away from him, he is waiting for us to return with open arms. And even when we make choices that don't align with his word, he is patient with us and knows that like, we can, he will still bless us and love us anyways. And that's something that we've truly experienced as humans. Like, I'm sure that you all can think of a time when you didn't make the best choice and God blessed you anyways, or when you felt far from God and God was still there when you came back, right? So now as we continue reading, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in long wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. That one's a long one. <laughs> um, but God honors and blesses everyone, right? So it's not just the wealthy or the poor. It's not just those who pray every single night or those who have never opened a Bible in their lives. It's not those that fit the perfect view of Christian womanhood or manhood. It's everybody, right? He's His love is wholly pure. It's wholly selfless. He has no ulterior motives but to love the lives that he's created on this earth. And as we continue reading, we see love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And this is a promise from God to us, right? So he will always protect us. He will always trust in us as his disciples. He will always have faith in us, and he will always pursue us as citizens of heaven. And then the chapter goes on, and this is where it gets kind of confusing, because now we're not talking about just what love is. We're like talking about tongues and knowledge and prophecies, like what? Um, and so we, we read, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And this is really beautiful because it's telling us that this love that we experience from God is eternal. It's not just like these other gifts that he's giving us, like knowledge, prophecy, tongues, these things that we use in our world to bring glory to him, to bring people closer to him. Instead, this gift of love is the greatest gift that he could have ever given us, right? It's, it's something that will never cease. It's something that we will come face to face with when we come into heaven. It's the ultimate gift given from Jesus' sacrifice. And it's the gift that shows people in this world the most about who God is, right? When we show love to the world, that is the greatest gift that we as Christians 
Christians can show anybody. And finally, we get down to our last verse, which is my absolute favorite verse of all time in the Bible. It says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And this is telling us that the love that we experience from God is nothing compared to any love that, or sorry, the love that we experience on earth is nothing that we can experience, like what we can experience from God. So the love that we're seeing in our relationships, in our friendships, in our family, all of, things, all of these things are a dim reflection of the love that we can experience from Jesus and from God. And that goes to show with all of the other parts of the passage as well, right? So patience, kindness, selflessness, forgiveness, truth, all of these things are just a fraction of the love that we can experience from God, of the patience we can experience from God, of the kindness we can experience from God. And the best part about that is that we don't have to wait until we get into heaven to experience that, right? We can experience that today. We can use that fulfillment from God today. And that's encouraging to me, too, and honestly pretty convicting as well, because I spend about 90% of my time building these relationships on earth and 10% of my time build, building a relationship with God, but it should be the other way around because we have all of this untapped potential, all of this incredible love that is from God that we are spending in a fleeting world on earth. Does that mean that we shouldn't show God's love on earth? Absolutely not. But should we seek fulfillment from him first and build that relationship with him first? Absolutely. And so I want to encourage us all to put this into practice. And got to give credit where credit is due. So I actually saw this on TikTok. I know you guys are going to be excited about it because we're going to be trendy and we're going to be, you know, biblical. Um, and so what I would encourage you to do, especially if you're in a season of singleness, but really if you're in any season whatsoever, is I would encourage you to write down the things that you wish a significant other would say to you. And then pair scripture with it. So find a scripture to go with it. So for example, I have some examples. So let's say that you wanted to hear, I care about you more than you know. Like, obviously, I feel like that's something that everyone would want to hear from their significant other. Well, we can find in 1 Peter 5, 7 that the Bible tells us, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Right? God cares for us. Um, or let's say you wanted to hear from your significant other, well, nothing you could do could make me turn my back on you, right? Well, God tells us the exact same thing in Romans 8, 38 to 39, saying, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I would encourage you to, like, put those together, put it on your, you know, mirror, on your laptop, on whatever you look at every day, and use it to remind yourself as a Bible affirmation to yourself that God is here, God is here, ready to fulfill you and, um, you know, bring you to become fully whole with him. Would you pray with me? God, remind us to be present with you every single day and seek your fulfillment first. Whether we're single, whether we're married, whether we're somewhere in between, God, give us our remembrance of you every day as we walk out into the world and help us to use that love from you to spread it to the rest of the world. 
Um, be with us always and help us to use this message to walk throughout our week and remind us to do a little scriptural you know, reflection um, and to use these Bible affirmations to continue to carry this out throughout the world and throughout our daily lives. Amen.